0: I believe that God wants to speak to some folks today. That number one, he's there for you. And whatever you're feeling, whatever you're experiencing, he doesn't want you to deal with that alone, but he wants to walk by you. He's with you this morning, right where you are. But also that this story we've been looking at is a story of really redemption. It's a a story of just the amazing nature of who God is. And there's people that I I know that you feel hurt, you feel wounded in relationships, uh, things that maybe at the time, were your fault, or maybe had nothing really to do with you. And I want you to know that what we're going to look at today is a story of God bringing from what seemed like death and destruction and poverty, truly, into a place of life and hope and freedom, a place of being redeemed. And I believe that today God wants to give a message to some folks that he has not forgotten you. He loves you. He cares for you. And this didn't happen in a day. And God, it may not look like one day that, bam, it happens. It might, might not be today. But God is with you. And if you continue to say yes to him, if you continue to go after him, there's a Boaz, and it may be a guy or it may be a, a lady, but there's, he's with you, and he will take care of you, and he will support you, and he is your God. So today I pray if you are maybe discouraged or if you're just worried even about where we're going to go today, this whole day, could you hear the goodness of God, his care for you, his love for you, and what's happening here in this story in Ruth? He's got a plan for you. He has a plan for your future and for what he's going to do as we continue to say yes to him. In fact, if we could, let's just take a moment. And Lord, we are so thankful for who you are and we pray for those That maybe life doesn't look in this exact moment how they planned, how they wanted. And uh, Lord, I pray that today you would come and you would wrap them up. Lord, that they would feel your love way better than any person, Lord. They would feel you and your care for them. And they would be able to trust you and just continue to say yes to you. Not get sidetracked by uh, even things that are good, our own emotions and our own desires. But Lord, that we would say yes. And in time, God, that you would fulfill every desire. Lord, that you would cause everything that needs to happen to come in place, that you would take care of every need. And maybe in many cases, Lord, that you would bring a Boaz or a female version, Lord Jesus, into our lives. So we thank you. We praise you. Thank you for a family that loves you and wants to honor you. You're so good, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. this morning we're going to look at Ruth chapter 3 as we continue in our prove it series and when it comes to love and when it comes to relationships and when it comes to people so that's in any area of your life if you have a boss or you have employees uh it there's pre prove it moments in fact I see my my sister she runs her daycare she's laughing up here I don't know if I'm gonna do this no one's allowed to be offended but sometimes there's prove it moments do you want this job do you really like the you know all the things right and you have to work through them, and you, you work through in relationship. Now, in marriages, the same thing happens. There's periods of time where you've got to say, okay, it's not as easy as it was two months ago, but we're going to figure it out, and we're going to grow, and we're going to learn, and the same if maybe you're not married yet. Maybe you're like, Lord Jesus, I'm just waiting. There's moments in relationship before even really relationship and friendship. Would I want to go on uh, a uh, a courtship date, I think is how I would say. We don't need to pair off, be by ourselves. That doesn't really lead to good things uh, a lot of times. But Lord Jesus, what do I do? And in fact, when we look at this story, I find it very interesting, because Ruth went to the field of Boaz, who would be a kinsman redeemer in her life. She probably didn't even understand all of that, because she came as a foreigner into the land, back to Bethlehem. And for a couple of months, there would have been a period of time when there would have been harvesting, when there would have been the opportunity for her to go to the field and to glean from the field, which is a biblical principle. So you could follow the workers, and in fact, the workers were supposed to leave enough grain that the widows or the foreigners or the the ones that were in need would be able to come behind and pick up grain and take care of themselves just from the leftovers that are there. But that meant that in this process, there was some level of Oh, I like her. Maybe she's pretty, or there was some some level of she's here. She's a hard worker. She could see the or he could see the character in her. And in the same way we talked about last week, she could see that Boaz honored his workers. He honored those that were there. He was a man that had high standing in the community. And in this way, I kind of uh, mentioned dating. They kind of did what we would uh, really, really encourage, which was courtship. In fact, as a a child, uh, mom and dad, we were big into, or I don't know if we, I don't know if I'd count myself, but they were big into Gothard, into courting, into doing things together. In other words, hey, if you cannot go with your girlfriend by yourself and be alone for hours and hours and hours, you've got a much better chance of doing good things that are going to be positive in your relationship rather than things that are going to be negative in your relationship, right? And they kind of modeled that, most likely, with many people around in a work environment. They, they were able to, to do things together to get us to the point where in Ruth chapter 3, uh, the story's about to take some quick turns, some really quick turns. In fact, we're going to just jump right in, and this morning we're going to look at a portrait of love and how this happens, and specifically from three different perspectives. A matchmaking mother, or mother-in-law, a midnight meeting, and a man on the mission. Those are where we're going to be going tonight or this morning. So you can just kind of uh, hold in there. We're going to have a good time. Ruth 3, 1 through 5 is where we're going to begin. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. Now, real fast, in, if, in case you're a parent in the room and you have children, uh, or if you're just... A, please don't break into someone's house today and go lay at the foot of their bed as a sign of I like you. That would be really weird. Probably not the best way to go. You might end up in jail. You know, I don't know. Just don't do that. Please don't do that. But here in this scene, we see that uh, Ruth, she has someone who cares for her. Naomi loves her. Naomi can't believe, probably still, that Ruth left her homeland, even though her husband had died. Naomi's had, but also Ruth, which was Naomi's son, had, had died. And She had nothing bringing her back to Bethlehem except a commitment to Naomi's son that would keep her in the family. There was really no reason. But she says, I'm going to do what I committed to. I'm going to be faithful. So she goes with Naomi to help take care of her and to be a blessing to her. Just an amazing, amazing story. But Naomi cared for her and wanted that rest that's mentioned in verse 1. Or security is how it could be said. Naomi hoped for that security from the very beginning of this book. She wanted security for her daughter-in-law who had become a daughter to her. It's what a home should be, a place of rest, a place of security, a place of, of just love and what God would have. So she cared, but she also counseled Ruth. Naomi knew the practices and the principles of the time of this land in Bethlehem. We obviously don't as a whole because you read that and you're like, that seems super crazy, super crazy to do what they did. But she understood what was going on and what was happening. She did a couple things that when she counseled her. She basically told herself to fix herself up to put on a new cloak. And why was this important? Because she had been in a place of mourning for the loss of her husband. She had been in a place where she was uh, maybe more in a place of looking back, looking at what was, instead of what she needed to be doing now, if this was going to happen, to look ahead. And Naomi tells her, get rid of your mourning clothes, put on your, uh, in our day, put on your makeup. In fact, I see right here in almost a perfect line, there's my mom, and then there's Missy McLean. And a few weeks ago, we had Missy McLean over and, and the McLeans and some people for a football game. And she said that one of, I don't know if she said it was one of her favorite quotes, but I'm gonna use it. Her favorite quote from my mom was, if the barn needs painting, paint it. Right, Is that, that's the, the quote, right? So I think Naomi's saying, hey, what do you need to do? Put the paint on the barn if the barn needs painting. I don't know, that's what I'm gonna take it as. Uh, it just, right when I read it, it came to my mind and I was like, I have to use that. Um, But really the whole point of it is there's a time when I forget and I put back. I can't forget, but I let go of what was in the past and I change even my clothes. I change what I do. I anoint myself to be into what God has me for today. And I think when we think of the church and our life, it's easy to get caught up in the past. Why? Because the past is real. We lived it. It's there. It's not going anywhere. It's been there. But so often we can be looking back at what we were or what happened to us or what someone did or what we did that when I begin to walk forward, I can't see and I can't make it to where I'm going to go. And if you ever tried to walk downstairs looking backward, it doesn't work very well, right? It it doesn't happen. And if you're trying to be trying to be in a relationship of any sort, you cannot be looking back. You have to be looking forward. And Naomi says, It is time, Ruth, to take off the morning clothes and to put on clothes of the future, the clothes of what you are. It's time to prepare yourself. That's probably more important. But you know what else she gave some really good advice of? Um, She told her, Let him eat first. Don't go in while he's eating. Now, I love this. Anybody who says, hey, get dressed up and then uh, maybe let him eat, right? I think this is a good plan. So if you want a really good conversation, ladies, the time for that is not right in the middle of steak and potatoes when you're just trying to enjoy the goodness of the food. There's things that we can learn, even from a story like this, that are real practical in our, in our lives, right? Let the guy eat his food. And then look for the opportunity to have a real conversation. So she's pretty smart. Gave some good counsel there to Ruth. She understood male behavior. She understood what this is. She understood the cultural norms of the day. And even though this was very forward, that this was a real life thing and a responsibility that was here for Boaz. And Ruth did what any smart young person does when their mother or mother-in-law gives good advice. Now, younger people in the room, I want to say that one more time. She did what any smart young person does when their mother or mother-in-law or a spiritual advisor, someone in their life gives them good advice. She said, yes, ma'am. She listened, and she went and did it. And so often in our day, we want to do our own thing, and we don't want to have advice, and we don't want to take advice. And I can guarantee you that just about every time, you look back and you say, Hmm, if I just would have listened to my mom, or if I just would have listened to this spiritual uh, authority in my life, if I just would have listened, life is a lot better. So young man, young woman, when your parents say, Ah, I would stay clear of that person, I encourage you to listen to them and to stay clear of them. And if your parents like someone that maybe is around you, guess what? that's probably a good sign. It's probably a sign that if you also like them, that's important, but if you also like them, that maybe this would be someone that you want to go after, right? There was something that she understood, I'm going to do what I've been called to do. I'm going to listen to advice. I'm going to lay my own, even could be, desires down to say, Lord, what is best for me? What is best for my future? And I believe God puts it all together where our desires Sometimes those that love us the most, their desires, the most important, his desires with ours, go in a healthy way to experience what God has for us. So we see this matchmaking mother, and then it turns into a midnight meeting. Now, this is where on our day, I would encourage young people, avoid midnight meetings. Just in general, if you're in a dating relationship, probably just avoid them. This is a special case for a special reason. Uh, But in verse 6 through uh, through 13, it says, So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant." Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. We see here that Ruth goes through with what her her mother-in-law had spoken, goes to the grain heap, uh, in fact, a threshing floor. Just to, to put this in our mind, why would he be here? A few weeks ago, we talked about the time of the Judges. And the time of the judges meant everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It was not a good time. Which meant people would steal and take and uh, do whatever they wanted to do. So you had to leave somebody to guard your threshing floor. Because if not, when you came back in the morning, all of your work would be gone. So what is that threshing floor? A lot of time it would be a circular, maybe concrete structure, a flat floor, and basically the barley, you literally had to thresh the, the barley or step on, almost you could think of it like a dance party. If we had our best worshipers here from worship service, we could just worship on the the barley. You kind of break apart the barley from the chaff. And then you literally would throw up in the air the, the chaff, the stuff that you don't want. And on a good day with wind, the chaff would blow away. But what you wanted, the barley would stay. And you would have what you could sell, what you could eat, what you could use. And so they're in the middle of this. He's there at the threshing floor because... He didn't want anybody to steal it. Probably right at the end, the the harvest was about over. It might have been the next day they were going to do something with it. Who knows the exact timing. But it was important to make that happen. It's also important to realize that we don't know for sure. There could have been other people around. Because it might have been that there were several. It could have been that he was there all by himself. We don't have all of the details. Sometimes there's just vagueness in the scriptures. Also, you could read this and think this does not sound like a good choice from being pure and from doing what they needed to do and in a, in a way that God would honor. And I believe reading the scriptures and, and looking at the word, I believe that God uh, used specific words when this book was written and I believe that it would be clear to me at least that they chose to do things the right way. That they chose uh, that this was a sign, this was something that could be done but then they chose to act accordingly to what they should, to wait until the morning. And in their day, all they would have to do is be sure he's the kinsman redeemer. Be sure that that happens. Work out all the details. And then it would be right for them to to be married and to consummate that marriage. But I believe they waited in that time. Once again, there could have been, maybe even probably were people that were around. So I believe that they walked in the principles of the Lord and what he would have in their day and in ours. But we see in this midnight meeting a couple of things. There's unusual practice here. It wasn't immoral, we mentioned it wasn't some indecent proposal, but it was simply the woman's way of letting the man know hey, I'm interested. Hey, I want you uh, to be my husband. In fact, talked before women, sometimes men just simply need prompting. Sometimes men need you to be really just open with them, and uh, maybe, maybe in the marriage proposal part, maybe, but also if you're married in the room. Sometimes we need you just to tell us exactly what you want. Because if not, 99.9% of the time we're not going to get there. It just is the way that it is. So we encourage you, just like here. This is very forward. Sometimes we need you to be forward and just tell us what you want. Because then we have a chance of actually doing it and making it happen. So she does that. She goes in and tells this in this unusual way. It's an unusual proposal. We think of the man asking the woman, and uh, in this case it it mentions that Boaz awakens from his slumber or is shocked. And in fact, can you just imagine if you are here guarding the barley, if you're guarding this and all of a sudden you wake up and someone's like laying on your legs, like is this a bad person? Like, I'm glad he didn't, like, cut her head off or something. If he was laying there with this, now you know he could have been in a protective moment. Can you imagine the shock of I'm protecting and now there's someone, like, on top of my legs, like, what, are my feet, like, this is bizarre. There was an unusual moment in this place. But this proposal was saying, take me under your wings. Take me, I'm yours. It was offering himself because he was the kinsman Redeemer. The Mosaic law made this opportunity that Elimelech had died, that her husband had died, and now he was in line. So for him to take her meant that for Naomi, for their family, for their name, it was restored. It was made new. It was made whole. What had been taken and stripped from them would be returned to them because of Boaz and the fact that he was the kinsman redeemer to Naomi and thus to Ruth. It was an amazing thing because of this responsibility that would come to protect the family. But it was odd in this moment for four reasons. The woman proposed. Young person here proposed to the older. We don't know exactly age, but it was probably a fairly substantial gap in age. The field laborer, the one that had nothing, proposed to the one who had everything. And a foreigner proposed to a citizen. So we remember that Ruth was from the outside. And when I think about this unusual proposal, when I think about this portrait of what God is doing and what he's saying, does that sound to anybody else like what God did, what Jesus did for us? We, owe, we have nothing. We're a foreigner. We have no hope. We are out in the middle of just our sin and our problem and our pain, but Jesus came. He died on a cross for us. He gave everything, leaving heaven, to come, to die, to be resurrected, so that you and I could regain some sort of footing, some sort of grace, righteousness within us, because now what he did covers us. That's the, the level that this would come to in their mind. That this was an absolutely amazing moment. And it's the same proposal that when we come before the Lord, we say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And instantly, grace washes over us. And what was no longer matters. What has been taken from us no longer matters because he restores and makes new and welcomes us into his family. What an amazing moment and it's a moment that released an unusual promise he praised her for all the things for all of the people in fact it said that the town member that knew that she was honorable knew that she was a special person she could have gone to anybody probably that was that was a you know single in that day but she went to him the one that stayed in the family line that restored to Naomi and to her what God had spoken And he said, I will do anything. I will pay any cost. I will give up anything. That nothing is going to hold me back from from doing this. And in fact, in the, the Hebrew Bible, when you think about this story, in our Bible, it's early on, but in the Hebrew Bible, this is right after Proverbs. Proverbs 31, the 31 woman, the virtuous woman. It leads right into the book of Ruth. And they would understand that because that's who she was. She was someone that was, that was virtuous, someone that, that loved the Lord and loved and honored her commitments, understood what God had done in her life, even taking her from Moab and bringing her to Bethlehem. There was something special about this woman. And he was willing to give anything, whatever the cost was. He also had already done the research, right? He said that there's someone closer. There's someone that could redeem you before me. And tomorrow, we will settle this. Tomorrow, you will be redeemed. If it's not him, it will be me. If it's not that situation, I will. He loved her enough to say that your redemption is more important than my even feelings or my desires. He gave up everything, anything. He would make it happen. And that was the unusual problem. That there was somebody closer, but Boaz was determined to see Ruth cared for. When I think of God, he loves today. He wants to see things cared for in your life. He loves you. He cares for you. Wherever you are and whatever your situation is, he will give everything because he already did on the cross. He's already offered. He's already laid it down so that you and I can experience him in forgiveness in covering of our sin, but also in freedom, in wholeness, in our physical bodies, in our relationships, in everything. He wants to walk with us. We see in the last four verses here that there's turns into a man on a mission. In fact, it says, So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, Let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn... How the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. And we see that this man on the mission protected her reputation. Sent her out. And I love, as I mentioned before, there may be other people. And it said that, that today, uh, let, it, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And as I think about it, who was he talking to? There's a good chance he was talking to the other people that were with him, to the people that were apart, the people that were in the situation, to protect her and to protect her uh, reputation. And then he paid like a portion of the dowry. He said, you cannot go home empty-handed, so come and take this barley, which Naomi realized when she saw that, that was the end. It's going to happen. Today, the answer is going to come. There's something mighty about understanding that God... Has been on a mission for us. And when we think about a relationship, when we think about our husband, a wife in the room, or maybe we are just like, Lord, I have no, I don't, I don't know what that's gonna look like in the future, but Lord, you're gonna supply a person. Today I want you to know that God loves you and He cares for you. And there's a, a moment when if I can stay true to God, that there's gonna be a time when I gotta be on a mission where I get to go after the things of God. If you have a husband or a wife in the room or or someone that's at home today, guess what? You need to be on a consistent mission to love them, to care for them, to pour your your whole self into them. In fact, to care for them more than you care for yourself because if so, your marriage will be great. But when you decide, I'm going to do what I want, I'm going to be on a mission for my own desires and my own needs and my own wants and what I want to do, then no relationship is going to work. No relationship is going to be fun or easy. But when I pour into the other person, when I give my life to protect and to care and to lift up, then all of a sudden the goodness of God can be poured out. And we can have relationships and wholeness in our life. I want you to know that God will guide you to pure, redeeming love when we get out of His way. And that's my prayer today as a church family, that we say, Lord, I want you, I want your goodness, I want your love to pour into me, and I desire pure, redeeming love. And Lord, that means I'm not even gonna go after only my own desires or my own thoughts. I'm pretty sure, based on how it's worded, she could have found a better-looking younger man I think we could be pretty safe to say that. But God laid a perfect situation before her, someone that loved her and cared for her. And she said, this is the plan of God. And I believe, she'd be like, I don't want anybody else but this person. And there's times when it's easy to look and say, well, I want that, I want that. But is that what God has? Is that what's gonna be better long-term? But when I get out of his way, pure, redeeming love can find us. Because we get to walk in the love of our almighty God. Today, I want to encourage us as a church, as a church family, to give everything we are to say, God, I want to be out of your way. I want what you want for me. I want the best that you have for me. I want my relationship. I want the person I'm sitting next to. I want that relationship to be the best possible. Or Lord, I'm not going to get in front of you, and Lord, the person that you're going to bring me in the future. If you're not married here today, if that's a desire of your heart, Lord, I'm not going to get in front of you. Who knows the time period that it took? Who knows how long it was? But God, I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to do what you want. And I'm going to wait for somebody that cares about me more than anything, that gives, gives and sacrifices and will pay any price. Because Lord, I'm not going to settle for anybody but your best in my life. And on every other area of our life, Lord, you're my redeemer, You're the Lord, you're my God, and just like on that threshing floor, could throw that barley up into the air that had been threshed, that it would blow away the chaff and I would have what was pure and good. Lord, would you do that in my life? Would you get rid of everything that should not be, everything that is just waste, everything that no longer matters, it's just dead, and leave what is right. So Lord, right now we are so thankful that you love us and you care for us and you have the best things in store for us. And Lord, those that have a husband or a wife or that relationship believing that's where it's going to go today, Lord, I pray these next three minutes would be powerful and precious. Lord, I pray that they would be uh, something that is a remembrance stone, God, that you are good and that they're going to make it, not only make it, but thrive as they serve one another. Lord, for those that maybe you're in a place where it's more difficult. Because of pain or just because they don't have that In this moment, Lord I pray they would be able To focus on you, they would be able to pray For that person in the future They'd be able to pray for patience in their own life They'd be able to pray that they would be And that they would get prepared in themselves To serve and to love that person When the time is right Lord we look to you We thank you Heal, restore, make new And put dreams even in our life of the future Lord of what you are going to do We love you let our hearts be turned to you, Lord Jesus, like never before. We love you, God. Bless this church. Let this be a week, Lord, of just love, of loving people, of loving you, of loving ourselves, Lord, of just letting you move in your church so that we make a difference outside of these walls, God. We thank you. We praise you. And we worship you. You are so good. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you for coming to, to coming for church today and for just... Loving the Lord, loving who he is, and loving what he has for us. But pray you have an amazing, amazing week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.